It's 12.01, The Witching Hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my queen of the prom co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Today is January 18th, 2021, and this is the 198th edition of the Late Night Fright. We want to thank you all for tuning in wherever you are in the world. And we would especially like to welcome any spooks, specters, astral travelers, or interdimensional beings who may be tuning in or joining us here in the studio. The month of January is dedicated to pitting films with similar themes against one another. This week's selections are both remakes of classic slasher pictures, one a movie that helped define the genre, and the other a film that solidified Jamie Lee Curtis as a screen queen. Faith, what is our first film? Up first, we have the 2006 version of Black Christmas from writer-director Glenn Morgan. Will it be a Merry Christmas or will it be a Bah Humbug? Ooh. Ooh. And what is our second offering to the gods of horror this evening? From director Nelson McCormick, we have the 2008 version of Prom Night. Will it win the tiara? Tune in to find out. There it is. Two remakes going head-to-head tonight. Only one can be victorious. We're going to take a brief pause for a coffee cause. When we get back, we're going to see if the sleigh bells are jingling. Slay, S-L-A-Y. See what I did there, Faith? I do. Black Christmas is up first after a word from our sponsors. I am Dan. I am Faith. You are listening to The Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We are so glad you're here. We'll see you on the other side. The Evangelical Vegan is Cozy Corner's premier vegan restaurant. Do you know why you shouldn't eat meat? Come down to the Evangelical Vegan. We'll be happy to tell you. The Evangelical Vegan, now with a new fart patio. Come fart freely at the Evangelical Vegan, located on Sacred Burial Road, next to the Dark Depository. Everyone should be home for Christmas. Are about to discover. Lauren, we're opening up presents. Why don't you open the present we got you? Their house. I got it. Is his home. All is calm, all is bright. 
right. Don't you have lots of toys to deliver to good little boys and girls? You really shouldn't provoke somebody like that. And on December 25th... You're definitely getting punked. Is that Santa's reindeer? All he wants for Christmas... Is Megan in her room? Is a new family he can treat like his very own. Christmas, Santa Claus, presents, Rudolph and Frosty, and a little murder on the side, Faith. Released on December 25th, 2006, Black Christmas is a remake of the 1974 Bob Clark proto-slasher classic from director Glenn Morgan. Expanding on unexplored subplots featured in the original film, Black Christmas tells the story of one fateful night in the lives of the sorority sisters of Delta Alpha Kappa. Little do they know that Billy Lynn's and his daughter Agnes, or is it, or is it sister Faith, or is it, was it both? I think it's both. They're coming for him. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Greek aunt and star of the original Black Christmas, Andrea Martin, makes an appearance as the house mother, Mrs. Mack, and the sorority sisters are played by familiar faces such as Katie Cassidy, Michelle Thrachenberg, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Lacey Chabert. Rounding out the cast are Oliver Hudson and Kristen Cloak, while Robert Mann portrays the jaundiced slasher Billy Lenz, and Dean Chris appears as his sister Agnes. Or is it daughter? Or is it... It's both. I think it's both. It's both. Director Morgan may have set out with the best of intentions and the blessings of original director Bob Clark, but there was behind-the-scenes turmoil thanks to executive producers Bob and Harvey Weinstein. They've been in the news recently, I believe. You may have heard of them. They demanded that the character of Agnes be added to the film and then demanded reshoots, including a different ending from the one Morgan had envisioned. Black Christmas was met with negative reviews from critics and fans alike. The film is said to pump out the blood and gore with zero creativity, humor, or visual flair. Kind of harsh, isn't it, Faith? A little bit. We will be scoring Black Christmas and Prom Night in four categories tonight. Overall film, killer, victims slash kills and does it hold a candle to the remake instead of stars prom night will be awarded tiaras and black christmas will be awarded obscene phone calls in the spirit of the original film so with that said faith how did you score black christmas in the overall film category i gave black christmas a 1.5 what about you 1.5 i gave it Two. Okay, you were a little nicer. Phone calls. Yes. Um, I really, first off, I really wanted to like this movie. I did too. I did. <laughs> we should say before we get too far into this, uh, both original films we have covered on this show. Mm-hmm. We like both original films. Mm-hmm. I think we like Black Christmas a lot more than we did Prom Night. Prom oh, yeah. Night, we'll talk more about it when we get to Prom Night. But 
Prom Night is not a classic in the sense that Black Christmas is. Black Christmas is so good, it's setting some of the tropes mm-hmm. for the slasher genre. And it's it's a classic film. It's a wonderful film. If you have not seen that original film, please watch that uh, and check out our, our episode on it. We both really like that movie because of the vibe, the cast, the the look, everything. Everything was kind everything. of working <laughs> yeah. in that. Um, this, I gave it two. I gave it two, which I think was being nice. <laughs> but uh, this is what I why I gave it to two. I like the look of it. Mm-hmm. I really love the lighting and the colors. That's yeah. The production design is is really great. I think the cast is really great, and I think they're doing their best with what they're given. And I do think that Glenn Morgan went into this with the absolute best of intentions. And I do applaud him for wanting to explore subplots and themes that were hinted at, mm-hmm. possibly in the original. And I'm going to give it a little bump because of the behind the scenes stuff. He didn't want to add the Agnes character. He had to add that. Then he had to shoot a different ending mm-hmm. from what he wanted to. So there you go. Problems I had with it, though. <laughs> this is a narrative mess. This oh, thing absolutely. is a mess. Uh, you got too many flashbacks and you see and you learn way too much early on. And that cuts all of the tension and all of the mystery. Exactly. Which is why we love the original so much. There was right. so much tension and mystery. You never see Billy in that movie, do you? Mm-mm. And here you see him in the first five minutes of the film, and you right. see him full on with that jaundiced look. Uh, we're going to get to Billy in just a second. But uh, narratively, it drowns underneath all of the flashbacks, yeah. and it's a quick fix. Oh, yeah. It's an easy fix. I also feel like the characters in the film, Andrea Martin talks about the backstory, and Oliver Hudson at one point talks about the backstory. I feel like they know way too much. Yeah, I think so too. And then we see it mm-hmm. transpire. So I, I. That's why I gave it the 1.5. I feel like it's like the movie starts, you know, everything about it <laughs> within the first like 10 minutes. I feel right. like. And you're like, okay. Right. Wouldn't that have been a, a wonderful reveal if you saw Billy then at the end of the film and he's yellow and jaundiced and in, in the thing of, of nightmares. So speaking of Billy, let's go on to our next category, uh, killer. And this I think should be pretty obvious. <laughs> What'd you give it? I gave it two obscene phone calls. I did too. I gave it two obscene phone calls because I really do love the look of Billy. Mm-hmm. I think the yellow skin is a great addition. And you know, one of the, one of the tropes of the slasher genre They have to have a gimmick, don't they? Mm -hmm. The great ones have a gimmick, don't they? Jason has his hockey mask and his machete. Freddy has that hat and the sweater and the murder glove. You've got Chucky, who's the doll. But even then, uh, in the other kind of lesser slasher films, there's always a gimmick with how they're they're killing people. I think the yellow jaundice skin is a nice kind of homage back to the rules of the slasher genre. And we're seeing Billy for the first time. We didn't see him in the original film. So it's a nice. Yeah. I think it's a nice. Uh, yeah. It's not the unique thing. It's not that we don't like seeing him. It's you don't want to see him so early. You know. Exactly. That's that's the complaint. Exactly. I, I do like the look of Billy. Um, I think and I'm going to agree with him. Glenn Morgan, which is why I bumped up overall film. I think the Agnes character is a little bit of overkill. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I, I could have done without Agnes. And it just. Started to confuse me after. Thank a you. While. I was just about to say, did it make any sense to you? For no, like I just like why was big, she there? That's what I was about to say. Like that was my big question at the end. I was like, how did she get there, or how? Because because why was she there? Why why and how? Yeah, and what I loved about it too. So you have a, a 
kind of a unique slasher. What is one of the other tropes of the slasher genre? Is always an anniversary date or something mm-hmm. of significance. Well, here you have you know Black Christmas. Obviously, we're dealing with Christmas, mm-hmm. and so he's coming back on a specific date for a specific reason, very much like Halloween stole that idea, mm-hmm. you know, back in '78 from the original film. So it, it he he knows what right. he's doing. Yeah. It, it's it's you can tell he knows what he's doing. It's, it's unfortunate that it didn't come out as well. Come out. I think really how he wanted, he wanted it, it, yeah. it to come out because I do think that some of the flashbacks were necessitated then by the studio as well. So no, there's a really good movie hanging out. In, oh, there in all is. It's a, there's an amazing movie. Because once out you really it. get into those flashbacks with the mom and stuff, it just gets really weird for me. Like, yeah, you get to it's almost like there's too much going on and then not yes. enough all yes. at the same time. Well, what happens is you get revved up in, in in one aspect of the story and then you and then it you decelerate away. because you go to this flashback and then you rev back up. You rev up in the flashback and mm-hmm. then, you know, it almost really needed to be two movies, you know, if right. they wanted to do that. But uh, but speaking of the flashback stuff, I do think it's an absolutely creeptastic backstory. Oh, I think I, so, I, too. It's a which I really, really like. And I feel like they were going for the scary house in the neighborhood vibe, mm-hmm. which I really, really like. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to this probably a few more times before we finish with the discussion of this. I feel like they let us know way too much mm-hmm. too early. And I feel like, again, the characters in the movie know way too much of the backstory. And yeah. then we see too much of it. So if they, you know, and I'm going back to one of the great slasher films of all time, 84 is Elm Street. One of the most chilling scenes in that movie for me is not anything to do with England playing Fred Krueger. It's with Ronnie Blakely playing the mom talking to Heather Langenkamp and she tells the story of Fred Krueger. Mm-hmm. And it's bone chilling still mm-hmm. to this day. He was a filthy child murderer who lived in the neighborhood. Bare bones, boom, boom, boom. And ooh, the, the, the hair will stand up. So I'm thinking of the scene in particular with Andrea Martin where she turns around, well, he lived here, you know, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then, then you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like if you stopped the original Elm Street movie. And when she tells that, then you go into a flashback. And I feel like that's what, and it just kills all the momentum. It does. It takes all the mystery away. It, it from really it. does. It really does. And I mean, that's, that's why I scored it so low. I just feel like, you know, like it just, yeah. you're not on the edge of your seat. There's no, Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Next. You know, you're just kind of watching this and play out. This is a remake of a classic film. So it's okay to compare it to the classic film. And that was the beautiful thing about the, the, original black Christmas is, is you're watching it and you're on the edge of your seat, mm-hmm. you know, who's he going to get, right. you know, who's he going to get? And you care about those characters in the 74 film, which is a nice segue to our next category, which is victims slash kills. What'd uh, you give it? I gave it two obscene phone calls. I did too. I gave it two. The kills themselves are absolutely vicious. <laughs> they really, really, are. really vicious. And I do like that. I just wish there was a better movie around it to give it a little more weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about the slasher trope, he goes for the eyes. He likes yes. eyes, which I think is really interesting. And there's a cannibalistic bent to him. Mm-hmm. And he, he he could have been a really, really fascinating, interesting villain and a nice companion to the 74 film where you don't see Billy. You really don't know anything about him. Right. Because uh, he, he, it is so vicious and and vile do you know what the eyes kind of remind me of it's like it's christmas time it's santa he sees you when you're sleeping See, he knows when you're nice, awake that's <laughs> a nice catch i was like i, wonder, I, I wonder if that's where they went with that he's always watching 
I, I could I see know. that. Um, as far as his victims and the cast in this movie, I love the cast. I, I think the actresses, every one of them, I really, you know, they're, they're all, they always perform, you know, in things. Uh, I like them all in general. I don't know if I love them. I don't, I didn't as hate a group. them. But like, I guess I wasn't really sitting there like, oh, I hope this one doesn't, doesn't get killed or like, you know, I guess I didn't have a real. I didn't, I didn't have that reaction to it because. Uh, I didn't hate them though. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't annoy me. And I there guess. wasn't any tension in it. So I didn't, I feel like we were just kind of waiting for the next kill, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I really do think they were trying with what they had. They were trying to build some kind of camaraderie with each other. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like any of the actresses were trying to steal scenes from the other. They, no. they felt like a legitimate kind of group. Mm-hmm. And I, and I really liked that, but I do like uh, each of them as individual performers. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is, is wonderful. Uh, Katie Cassie was in the Elm Street remake, and I and if you recall, we both really liked her in that. Yeah. She wasn't in it enough. Right. She should have been the lead in that <laughs> exactly. film. She's very good. Michelle Thrachenberg, of course, you know, kind of horror royalty. She's in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show. And Lacey Shabera, I have a soft spot for Lacey. <laughs> I always have since uh, the Party of Five days, and I even now into the Hallmark movie <laughs> days. But uh, uh, Gretchen Wieners. There you go. Gretchen Wieners. That's the only thing you can call her. So... Um, but the kills themselves, uh, I thought the kills were done very well, very technically proficient and uh, vicious. I did like and, the way they looked. And brutal. Very brutal. Oh, yeah. The mom one was really brutal. Yeah. Cut cookies out of her back. Cut, cut, I, th- I, I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> as, as awful and vile as that is, I, I, I loved the idea of it. Like I how creative it was. The, yeah. The creativity. Like, there was a okay. lot of creativity there. Yeah. It's like gross, but cool. <laughs> very, very gross. Yeah. The, the eyes thing too was very kind of unsettling mm-hmm. i love i love your take on that though the santa claus it's just it popped into my head while i was watching it and i was like that that i mean so you never know it's a shame the ingredients are all here for this really really wonderful movie you know and the thing is what i love about this film is it does take the uh it does take chances mm-hmm. with the source material i love that because i think more remakes if you're going to have to absolutely just remake something like why not explore some things with it which, exactly which again segues nicely into our final category does it hold a candle to the original film uh i gave it one i did too one obscene phone call and i i don't like you know, i don't want to say this it, we've said this before on the show very rarely do we watch something that we don't like you know and this the way these got paired tonight with uh with the remakes you know we're mm-hmm. not fans of either of these movies really but um Look, a lot of people worked very hard on these things. Yeah. And so we're not knocking the people involved or anything. It just it didn't come together. No, at the, the way- end of the day, honestly, I feel like it's it's how a story's told. And that's I feel like the biggest flaw to me. It's just the story is yeah. told wrong or yeah. in a weird order. You know, it just Yeah. And what this film is lacking that black the original seventy four film had. Do you remember that wonderful story with Olivia Hussey and Kira D'Elia and maybe she's pregnant, maybe she's mm-hmm. not and their relationship is the kind of the f- emotional focal point mm-hmm. of that. I didn't feel like this had an emotional focal point. I feel yeah. like it wanted to try and have one. But it didn't get there. <laughs> it didn't quite get there. And the other thing about Black Christmas, uh, I, when I say Black Christmas, I, I'm referring to the original. The original. I, yeah. I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was one of those movies where you're watching it and you don't have that moment where you go, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. The characters are pretty smart and likable for the most part, too. You had Andrea Martin, Olivia Hussey, and the great Margot Kidder. And were, I can still see them. Were you asking them. questions, though, while you were watching this remake? Like, why are you doing that? 
Yes, when they times. when they all had the opportunity to leave the house and mm-hmm. two of them decided to stay. Why would you, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. And we talked about Halloween 4 recently and we loved the Rachel character mm-hmm. in Halloween 4. And she's a great example of a final girl who makes good decisions. Good decisions yeah. The other thing, too, is I didn't feel like one of them emerged as the final Mm-mm. girl. Mm-mm. It was a roll of the dice as to who was going to make yeah. it. Also felt like a stupid decision. They wanted to know if there was any of the the newspaper left in the house. And you have one girl just roaming by yeah. herself in the dark. It's kind of like, okay. Yeah. You know, people are getting killed off and you're just roaming around with your cell phone light. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, there were there were some, some questionable things uh, going on in, in mm-hmm. the film. And again, I went into it really, and I had seen it years ago. I really wanted to like this because mm-hmm. I do like everybody in right. it. Right. You know what I missed about this or in this movie? I really miss the police presence. That was another thing too. You had the uh, mystery element that is really the mystery props up the original film and you have the great John Saxon. Right. <laughs> who's a pillar mm-hmm. in that and is and is doing the detective work in that film. Mm-hmm. Again, it goes back to how you tell the story, and mm-hmm. they tell you everything right up front. Mm-hmm. How much fun would it have been if we know Billy's gotten out? Right. And But you don't really know the story. You don't know the yet. story, and the story's coming out throughout, and the girls are learning the story, because they already know who Billy lived in the house. They leave a present out for Billy. You know, right. It's so like... It would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Because I feel like that movie, the original movie... The whole telephone company thing with the police. Like, that's so mysterious and, and cool. It pulls you in. You, yeah. it's, it's There's tension there. This I, is just... I'll tell you what, too. I know he made some phone calls in this, but I missed the phone calls. Mm-hmm. The phone calls, to me, are the uh, standout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for everybody, really, yeah. are the standout of Black Christmas. And they were repulsive and funny. Uh-huh. And I, I feel like it was really missing here because... When he did call, you knew what he was talking about, you know. Right. So. Yeah, that was definitely missed. It was. It was definitely missed. So. Um, there you go. I, it, it is what it is. It is what yeah. it's not an awful movie. It's not a bad watch. No. It's just kind of weird, because subconsciously, even if you don't know the screenplay structure, the way that beats are supposed to happen. You always know when something's off mm-hmm. and this, you, your spidey sense is going to go off because you're going, wait, wait, what's, if you ever watch a movie and that happens to you and you don't know why you don't like it, it's because the narrative is, <laughs> right. exactly. is, is out of order. It's mm-hmm. not telling the story in an efficient and proper way. And exactly. I think, I think that's what happened here. And I really do. I, I didn't like, you know, criticizing this movie. I do think Glenn Morgan went into this with the absolute best of intentions. And I do think that there was some studio interference mm-hmm. there, but, uh, Kudos to everybody in the movie, everybody that worked on the movie, because it looks beautiful, the it really colors. Does. And I love that the uh, the red and greens, obviously. But did you notice the use of the color yellow, which mm-hmm. was really great? You see it right in the beginning of the movie, the yellow jaundice look. And yep. I uh, love the whole idea with Billy. And I do think Agnes is overkill. And I do like that they cast a man as Agnes, mm-hmm. which I thought was <laughs> kind of funny. So kind of vicious, brutal stuff. Uh, a little fun at times, but uh, overall, just... Overall, know, not the best. Overall, not the, the best. So we are going to uh, tally up our scores at the end of the episode to see which film was victorious. But uh, we are going to take a very short break. But Faith, when we get back, 
Would you like to be my date to the prom? I think I will be. Do you think we have a shot at king and queen? Possibly. Who are we up against, you know? Is it just us? It's just us. It's just us. (laughs) We might lose to ours, you know. It's possible. (laughs) It's possible. Prom night is up when we get back. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. is doing the dishes when suddenly she's possessed by a terrifying feeling she's positive that her young daughter has just been in an accident she quickly makes a desperate phone call only to learn that her feeling was true how would you explain this a dozen people around the world who never met each other describe an encounter with a being from space and their descriptions of the creature match almost exactly and how do you explain this A man's heart stops beating in a hospital, and he sees a blinding light that doesn't frighten him, but fills him with an indescribable feeling of peace. And how can you explain the growing number of people who feel that they've had a brush with something beyond our everyday understanding? Maybe no one can fully explain these things, but they can no longer be ignored. That's why Time Life takes a serious look into this world with a remarkable new series, Mysteries of the Unknown to provide an objective and comprehensive look at what may lie beyond our ordinary reality. How can you explain this? Four men are drawn to an ancient Anglo-Saxon fort, site of a fierce battle. They enter the shadows of a ring of trees, and without warning, one of them is grabbed by an unseen force, lifted five feet in the air, and suspended for 30 full seconds. There are so many hints of a world more remarkable than we ever imagined, and of abilities that we barely suspect. Send for your first volume on a free trial basis and see if you can explain these things away. To order your first book, Mystic Places, call 1-800-548-4600. Examine it for 10 days. Keep it and pay just $12.99 plus shipping and handling. Other books will follow, one about every other month. Keep only the ones you want. Cancel any time. Call 1-800-548-4600. Champagne color, then it's a little sexy. You look beautiful. Oh, we're turning in, we're turning in. Can I get three keys to sweet 312? Oh my gosh, you guys! This is it, this is all ending. It's time of our lives. Sure gonna miss you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, everyone, Bridgeport High's prom king and prom queen are... Lisa! Lisa! Oh my God! Three years ago, this guy, he got obsessed with a young female student. He went psycho. He's been in a maximum security prison up until three days ago. Claire?
He's somewhere in this hotel. Is anybody here? Hello? Donna. Oh, I've missed you. What's going on? He's locked all the exits. I can't find Lisa. Please don't do this. Please. Ah, the prom. The annual rite of passage when kids get all gussied up in tuxes and evening gowns to celebrate leaving the soul-crushing mediocrity of high school for the soul-crushing mediocrity of adulthood. Ah, the prom, Faith. Kings and queens, corsages and boutonnieres. Maybe a little murder and mayhem. In 2008, director Nelson McCormick and screenwriter J.S. Cardone teamed for a loose remake of the 1980 Jamie Lee Curtis film Prom Night, the movie that helped solidify the Halloween actress as a horror genre star and scream queen. Released in the wake of John Carpenter's landmark 1978 film Halloween, the original Prom Night combined elements of mystery and horror as a group of high school seniors are murdered by a masked killer as revenge for a tragedy that had occurred years before. The 2008 film largely does away with that story, instead focusing on high school senior Donna Keppel, played by Brittany Snow. Three years before the events of the film, she was stalked by her obsessive former teacher Richard Fenton, portrayed by That Thing You Do star Jonathan Shack. Fenton killed her entire family before being apprehended and locked away, only to escape three days before her senior prom. Oh no. Will Donna survive? Who will be collateral damage in Fenton's homicidal rage? What is going on here, Faith? The cast includes Scott Porter, Jessica Straub, Dana Davis, Collins Penny, Kelly Blatz, Ming-Na Wen, and Idris Elba. The PG-13 slasher film, you heard that correctly, the PG-13 slasher film was released on April 11, 2008 and received negative reviews from both professional critics and fans of the genre. We will be scoring Prom Night in the same categories that we scored Black Christmas overall film killer victims slash kills and does it hold a candle to the original and it will be receiving tiaras Mm -hmm. tonight faith Mm -hmm. what did you give prom night in the overall film category i gave this movie a one (laughs) one tiara one tiara please tell us why you (laughs) gave it one tiara faith and then i will tell the audience and you why i gave it one tiara (laughs) This movie just does not, I don't know, it doesn't pick up for me at any moment. It's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very um, predictable. Very predictable. Uh, There just doesn't feel like there's a lot of mystery or too much tension here. Mm -hmm. I feel like they give you too much information. It's a running theme tonight, isn't it? It's just, you know. It's a running theme. My note is this. This is a PG-13 rated slasher (laughs) film. 
that should be enough there to justify go. the one tiara. But I shall expound. My notes are as follows. <laughs> See if you agree with them. If you'd like to add anything as I read them, please let All me right. know. Glossy and lifeless. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be this bad, you'd better be unintentionally funny. <laughs> no sense of mystery or tension. I'm not kidding about this next one. It took me three sittings to watch this. Oh, wow. <laughs> three sittings. And there are some lingering plot threads, I feel. The unrated version restored a full minute of footage. And guess what? It's still a PG-13 movie. <laughs> when you said that, it made me think of, this reminds me of like Cinderella story, but with like a killer in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say this about horror movies. We obviously celebrate the horror movie here. There are different styles of horror mm -hmm. movies. There are horror movies that are works of art. There are horror mm -hmm. movies that uh, thrill us and chill us and mm -hmm. titillate us. There are horror movies that are very competently made movies. A lot of times in the horror genre, you get movies that can sometimes be unintentionally funny, and that uh, makes us love them sometimes even more. Yes, the bad acting, the <laughs> the the bad effects, whatever whatever right. it is, and it, it makes them so much fun to watch with a person or with a group of people. Mm -hmm. Faith and I had this experience last weekend. We watched uh, the uh, what horror at Party Beach yes. on Creature Features, the 50th anniversary show of Bob Wilkins initial broadcast and they showed the same movie that he did. And we had a wonderful time watching that movie, say, didn't we? It's a terrible movie, but it's one of those it's so terrible, it's so fun to watch. <laughs> so much fun to watch and we were we were uh giving running commentary, I feel, the entire time mm -hmm. and and at no point in the film did we want to turn it off exactly. as bad as that movie yeah. is with the bad creature effects no like you wanted to see what happened in it you had to keep watching you had to keep watching <laughs> this movie uh i'm gonna go back it took me three sittings to watch it 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 just just didn't work for me mm -mm. it's very shiny it's a very shiny trinket of a movie mm -hmm. it's very glossy and it just doesn't work it feels more like something like uh it wants to be more like an i know what you did last summer a lois duncan scooby-doo type mystery than it does a slasher flick. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, slasher yeah, flick. Okay. So, speaking of the slasher, uh, our next category is killer. Uh, what did you give Prom Night in this category? I gave it 1.5. 1.5. You were nicer than I, I was. was nicer. I one. One tiara. Uh, I think I had a one, and then I, I think I bumped it up just a little bit because of... He's not a slasher necessarily. He's not necessarily creepy, but I think his mind games and how maybe psychological, the psychological aspect of him, you know, mm -hmm. he's a teacher, falls in love with a student, and mm -hmm. just kind of cruel enough to even kill the maid for, a, you know, the master keys kind of like, okay, mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty brutal, but it's not like, you know. I'll go there with you. But uh, yeah. also my first note is nothing here we haven't seen on the Lifetime True. channel. <laughs> Again, it's predictable. It's predictable. So here we go. It, this is going to sound maybe a little bit like the Black Christmas mm -hmm. uh, uh, review. Uh, we see him early. We know who he is. We know where he is. No sense of tension or drama. That's the thing with this, though. You know where he is. Right. You, yeah. It really would have been something if we didn't know who it was. Mm -hmm. If it was the therapist or someone uh, was taken with her and we're trying to figure out who it is or a copycat or mm -hmm. that may have really been something but this is pretty straight straight ahead now i will give them points because they did give him 
a pretty cool weapon in that knife that mm-hmm. he had. I thought that was a great, uh, ferocious looking yeah, piece of work. It was. Yeah. So he did have a signature instrument of death. Mm-hmm. I just made the murder glove uh, <laughs> gesture gesture to faith. Is, is the murder weapon. is the murder glove maybe the greatest weapon ever? Most iconic slasher. Uh, yeah, I mean, weapon. It's it's, it's not up. just a knife or a machete or anything. You know? Yeah. Very yeah. customized. It's very, it's very customized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of fits in with his personality too, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> um, I'll say this to the uh, Jonathan Shack, uh, who I I like. I like him. I feel like this is a pretty lifeless performance. I don't feel like there's anything that he's bringing to this. There's uh, he's, yeah, yeah, he's just kind of there. Um, I don't know if that's by design or or I don't know. It's it does not work for me. Mm-hmm. There was one shot, though, I really liked. It's in the closet when uh, one of them opens up the closet and it's dark and he's wearing that dark hat and he looks up and you see his face. He kind of comes out from the darkness. That was a nice, that was a nice yeah. moment. Um, I feel like it really could have possibly been something, but it just doesn't work because, again, as with Black Christmas, we learn way too much too early. Mm-hmm. And my biggest gripe with this is we know where he is. Mm-hmm. We know where he is. I know. Don't our, like that. Don't like it at all. <laughs> Victims slash kills what'd you give it i went one tiara for for that it just yeah um i went two tiaras really yes <laughs> you're a lot nicer i will say i went two because i liked dana davis's performance and i wish she had been the lead yeah i didn't really care about any of them but uh i felt like some of the kills should have been done off screen you know, I could see that. Uh, nothing terribly creative, but I like the way that the uh, the Dana Davis uh, death scene was shot uh, when you know she's running and hiding, and, and you see the blood spray. Mm-hmm. I thought, and I liked her performance. I actually liked. I liked that, her. She was probably my favorite character. I felt like there was a relatability to her. Mm-hmm. I felt like uh, she was. I don't know, trying to play a real person. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, yeah, and um. Brittany, uh, what's her name? Brittany Snow. Snow. I just, uh, I'm just sorry. I am not a fan. I don't like, do you know what really took me out of the movie? What's that? What's her little ladybug tattoo on her wrist, which you see in a few scenes. (laughs) And I was like, so your whole family got murdered and you have a ladybug tattoo. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like seems very out of character for Mm -hmm. someone who lost their whole family. I, I just, I don't like her as a performer. I don't either. I never have. It's. She sounds like Tara Reid. Yeah, she does. She really does. She might be a wonderful person. I don't know. I just I don't like her as a performer. I really don't Mm -hmm. like her in this movie. Dana Davis, I really did like, and I actually gave this two stars because of that, (laughs) and her death scene because I felt her death scene. I felt uh, uh, the brutality of that moment. Yeah, she was the only one I didn't really want them to get rid of. You know, yeah, everybody else, nah. Which was really wonderful when they did get rid of her. Right. You know. And I felt like that was the only thing uh, in the movie that resembled a slasher mm-hmm. flick because you had a little bit of blood in there, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Um, I know they're not exact. Well, yeah, one of them is a victim. Um, the the whole police subplot is just ridiculous. Uh, Idris Elba's little partner, uh, minion buddy, I wouldn't trust him with a cup of warm piss. <laughs> Me neither. Like hipster police dude, you know, <laughs> Starbucks <laughs> police guy. <laughs> yeah, freeze, give me a latte. You know, 
I mean, didn't he look like he he didn't spends he really, his, his yeah. Saturdays at Starbucks? You know, like <laughs> yes. nothing against Starbucks, but you, you all out there, you know what I'm talking about. He looks like in the 90s and early 2000s, you know, the kind of people that went to Starbucks, you know, and, and would spend all day reading the L.L. Bean catalog, you know, and but he, he just... He just, I mean, those little hipster glasses and the little chin pube, you know, and he just didn't. Chin could, pube. Chin pube, he lot. did. He had the chin pube. <laughs> and you could tell, like, this guy, like, did not know what the hell was going on. And then there was a scene, I think, where he pulled out his gun. And I'm watching, I'm like, <laughs> did you people not, you know, get somebody, like, show them how to properly, like, handle firearms? Because that's a big thing for me. And I'm not a, I'm not a gun nut or anything, but I'm a big thing like when i see people handle weapons in films or on tv like i want to see them properly handled and it just right. looked so odd i think it was him that i'm thinking of but it had to be him but he was he got killed and it's just like yeah okay all right and uh the way he died and the way scott porter died like i thought it was such a cop out he just like cut like half of the neck <laughs> it's just uh, like half of it yeah a little bitty piece to like right one side like come on you could be more brutal yeah. <laughs> I did like uh, I did like the first scene with the uh, with the killing of her family. Mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, so. It's like it starts off pretty good. Yeah, you know, it's pretty brutal. You know, right. and and vicious and sets a tone that is not followed through on. She is way too happy a kid too for her family being. Yeah, she's like a Disney Channel person to me. Like she's yeah. too pot. Like yeah, it's too Disney star. I don't mean I, I don't think that she is in real life, but she's I, too you know yeah totally. poppy and princessy. And, totally. You know, I want to go to the prom. You, my yeah. family's dead. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And the mice are helping make her dress like yes. Molly Ringwald or something, like Cinderella and Pretty in Pink. Right. But and and I know she's I know Brittany Daniels or Snow. Snow. Brittany Snow. Brittany Snow uh, can be quite good because she was in the Hairspray musical and she was very good in hairspray very good and she played a villain in that kind of the the antagonist and she was very good in that very good this this i i don't know i'm not sure what's going on here well that's the thing with this movie i'm not i'm not sure what's going on so here we go uh the does it hold a candle to the remake uh what'd you give it one (laughs) you were actually nicer than i was i gave it zero (laughs) i didn't know that was an option i gave well it is yeah I gave it no tiaras, and let me let me tell you why I gave it no tiaras, because Prom Night 1980 is not a great film by any stretch of the imagination. Like, it's a fun film to watch, but it is not a great film. But there's still some, like, mystery to it in a way, you know? Absolutely. I mean? There's a mystery that actually works. Mm-hmm. You know, you are trying to figure out who it is. There are some really memorable scenes in Prom Night 1980. The dance scene comes to mind, which is so much fun. But you remember there was the party van, you know, where it's like you know, driving around there trying to kill uh, the the big uh, chubby guy in the party <laughs> van. Uh, there's the scene in the uh, locker room. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's some really memorable moments. You know, the head rolling, you know, is, is another. Right. So, I mean, you think about it and it's a movie of its time, but not a great film, not a classic like Halloween mm-hmm. or... Uh, you know, Elm Street Friday, even the first Friday the 13th, which I really like. Yeah, me too. So, um, this, so that's not a great film. It's memorable. It's a fun film. This manages to go under the bar that Prom Night sets, which I don't think is very high. Yeah, I really didn't know we could give zeros though. <laughs> again, again, three sittings it took me to watch this. I started watching it and then I realized I was drifting. I was like, all right, I come back to it. And then I watched like another like 30 minutes and then I, then I watched the end. 
Yeah. yeah, I watched it last night and was like so hoping that it would just hurry up and be over. I was like looking at how much time I had left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, and not fun. Again, this is one of those things like Black Christmas. They were they were, I feel like, being very respectful of the 74 film and trying to expand upon mm-hmm. that. And that's a it didn't work. We talked about why we don't think it worked, uh, but I think they had really noble intentions for that. This really doesn't have much to do with prom night outside of them slapping prom night on this. This could have been anything. Yeah. Uh, before we, we wrap up discussion of this film, can we talk about the prom itself? That was, I had a problem with the prom. Mm-hmm. I thought the prom was way too glossy again, I too. which I think is a, is a, it took up way too much time, space or something. It was yeah. too, it did. It felt like just a high school movie. And then there was a yeah. killer kind of, you know, the whole thing. Cause what this is in uh, Washington or Oregon, it's Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things too, like they show up to the hotel where they're at and uh, there's like people outside waiting, you know, wanting to take their pictures, like paparazzi. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like for this, <laughs> for the problem, the other, for this. uh, not to do with the prom, but uh, one of the other scenes I did have a problem with just because of it, I had a problem suspending my disbelief is when the three girls are getting their hair done and they're having the, this big sexual convert. It was a, were they talking about having uh, sex or, yes. but the hairdressers don't chime in at, at all. all. I know. I was thinking the same, I swear I was thinking the same thing. I was like, why are they? Yeah. They're having this conversation. Everybody's just really silent around them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm really no. sorry. Your, your mom and dad and brother or dad, are you going to do him tonight? all right let me ask you this before before we we wrap this up was there anything about this movie that you liked um not necessarily i mean (laughs) i i as i said the dana davis kill i thought was really well done yeah i mean you waste idris elba in this you 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 waste uh i thought i usually like him so it's you know it's not that he was bad it's just it's just he he's got this awful script to work with and I like his voice for some reason his american voice is really good yeah <laughs> yeah but um i don't know it just it, it has its problems uh it has a lot of problems it feels like a lot of like waste was thrown into here the prom just yeah. feels like this i don't know it's just there my problem is it's it's i don't think it really qualifies as a slasher Mm-mm. picture you know Mm-mm. prom night 80 really is uh again it's not a quintessential watch but it does hit the tropes definitely mm-hmm. hits the tropes you know it has that wonderful mystery element if it's just had a little more mystery to it and a little more characterization i think i think we would have been okay mm-hmm. definitely would have been okay but yeah. um i don't know i don't know the the whole uh teacher stalking her thing i'm you know it, it, yeah, it, it again f- it is what it is yeah it's, it's not my favorite thing but you know i don't know it's it's not the yeah. best movie <laughs> Um, before we end, I would just want to, uh, an observation I had, uh, Kellen Lutz is in this movie. <laughs> Kellen. So we had two people tonight that, uh, appeared. We had Katie Cassidy and Kellen Lutz. Kellen Lutz appeared in the, uh, mm-hmm. Elm Street 2010 remake. So mm-hmm. two stars from that. Uh, if you do Kellen Lutz is just his first initial and his last name, it does indeed come up to Klutz. Very good. That's what I figured out watching this movie. And you know what? I'm not a fan of his. I'm not a fan of his. You know what? I actually didn't mind him in this movie because he had three or four little small scenes. And 
and one of them, didn't mind he was really good. Like he was like a legit, like, <laughs> you know, like, like, oh no, I think she went over there. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't like playing a, a, a douchebag or anything. Right. He was just like mm-hmm. playing a dude, you know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Klutz, Klutz is it. So <laughs> Yeah, have anything you'd like to add about prom night? I think I think we covered most I, of I it. Think I think we did, yeah. I think we did. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk about it anymore. Yeah, I think I'm done. So, uh, <laughs> all right, well, we're going to tally up our scores and see which film is going to emerge victorious from the cesspool tonight. We we boy, we really rolled the dice tonight, didn't we? We really did. I just thought it would be a good idea. We have two remakes. You know, we've done the originals on the on this show. It would be fun to put them together. I hadn't seen any, either of these in a while, mm-hmm. so... Well, you know, we're not going to trust me with that anymore. (laughs) So, all right, we are going to take a very short break. This is a news break, so stay tuned for all of the fake news not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We will see you on the other side. strain of Poo Poo 19 has been making its way around Cozy Corner. That's right, Faith. Poo Poo 19 is, of course, the virus that has shut down the world. Symptoms include loss of taste and smell, which is a good thing considering that it is accompanied by uncontrollable flaming diarrhea. Dini DiCicco, owner of the evangelical vegan Cozy Corner's premier vegan restaurant, recently thought she had Poo Poo 19 because she could not taste what she was eating. She tested negative, and it turns out she was eating tofu, which has no taste. All of our best for a speedy recovery, Dini. In intergalactic news, rebel spaceships recently destroyed the imperial weapon known as the Death Star. The planet-sized space station was destroyed when two photon torpedoes made their way into a two-meter thermal exhaust port. Online conspiracy theorists are speculating that the thermal exhaust port was put there on purpose, and that the whole thing was an inside job. Unfortunately, if you bring this up on any social media platform, you will be banned. Imperial censors have been banning people from social media platforms for questioning the official Death Star narrative and the election of Emperor Palpatine. Stay off of Twitter, you rebel scum. Faith, uh, we're getting word that Dini DeChico does indeed have flaming diarrhea. Wait. Wait, it turns out she's got the trots because of a pinto bean sriracha curry she made. Best of luck, Dini. You're going to need it. And that is the news. We will see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. All right, Faith, you have the scores for the matchup between Black Christmas and Prom Night. Mm -hmm. Black Christmas came out with a total of 1.5 obscene phone calls. And Prom Night came out with (laughs) 1 TR. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Yeah. It was... 
this was an interesting week. <laughs> Very interesting week. But, yeah. you know, I, on paper, it looked really good. You know, two films released around the same time. Mm-hmm. Remakes of classic films. So That's probably the problem. Might be the problem. Remakes of classic Might be the problem, possibly. So, well, we have one more show to go in January. Two films will be pitted. Yes, yes, already. Time's flying. We're not even having fun. Uh, Two films will be pitted against each other once again. Coming up, we have two comic book horror films. So, fun. And both from the late 90s. From 1997, we have Spawn. Spawn is the brainchild of comic book creator Todd McFarlane. And then that is going to be going up against 1998's Wesley Snipes film Blade. Should be fun, huh? It should be. Horror-themed comic book films. Like this week, I have not seen these films in years. I've only seen one of them, like parts of it. So it's like brand new movies to me. It's, it's going to be kind of brand new to me too, so it's going to be very interesting. I honestly, I I don't know how it's going to shake out, which is part of the fun. It's so, the fun. Uh, as always, we want to thank all of you for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at late night fright podcast, and Faith is on Instagram at I'm a normal alien. We want to thank all of you for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate all of you letting us drone on in your ears for about an hour and we would like to thank everyone in uruguay we are currently number one in the charts that's really cool in uruguay so thank you all but thank all of you from all around the world and as always any astral travelers or interdimensional beings who what about oklahoma maybe tuning in or or in the studio and faith is right <laughs> we have Still no, still no Oklahoma, Oklahomans, Oklahomans. Oklahomans. Yes, Oklahoma. if you look at the map, every state in the union <laughs> is accounted for, except for Oklahoma. No one in Oklahoma has listened to the show yet. So if you know someone in Oklahoma, please get them to listen. It'll to be the our show. like New Year's resolution. <laughs> it's our holy grail, it's Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So, thank you as always for letting us go on for a little while. Take care of yourself out there. Be happy, be healthy, be safe. Things are weird. Stay positive, stay strong. Take your vitamins. Make sure you're getting some vitamin D too. So next week we have Spawn and Blade. Faith, it feels like it's at time, doesn't it? It does. It does. Let's see if we snap our fingers if the magic happens on one, two, three. Well, there it is. Time to go. Time to say goodbye. Yes, parting is such sweet sorrow, but part of me wants to get away from these movies. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So join us next week for Spawn and Blade, and then the week after will be our 200th episode. I don't know what we're going to be doing yet, but we'll be sure to let you know. Hopefully it'll be something spectacular. (laughs) Spectacular. Maybe we'll do uh, Horror at Party Beach. Stay strong, stay happy, stay healthy. Most importantly, stay positive. Yes. Stay positive. We're in trying times. Stay positive. Take your vitamins. Faith, take us home. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from home. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on, on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side.